This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. You, you lay off that pet shop game. Women weaken legs. Yeah, but I really like this girl, you know? But let her sign you! Okay, no more fooling around. Rocky, got anything derogatory to say about the champ? Derogatory? Yeah, he's great. No, I don't hate Balboa, but I pity the fool. And I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. As you can see, Drago averages 1,850 pounds. So the result's quite obvious. And what results are those? Whatever he hits, he destroys. Judgment, I'll see. Rocky, look at me. How it looks to you. And if this is something that you want to do, and if this is something that you got to do, then you do it. Fighters fight. Since we're pretty much like family, who won the third fight? He did. This is your grandfather. You look just like his mother. I want to introduce you to somebody. This is your granddaughter, Amara. Say what's up, Papa. Doing, we've hit the end of our series, our summer mini-series, on the Rocky films. And I think I mentioned in, in Creed 2, it's a little bittersweet for me because I've enjoyed re-watching all of these films. And so, again, it is bittersweet because I've been enjoying doing this show with you, and I won't be spending you know an hour or two uh, every other weekend recapping this stuff. So it's bittersweet all around, but this is the last episode of the Rocky podcast. This is the epilogue episode, and we're going to just talk about some of the things. We'll, we'll do a little bit of summary about some of the stuff, and then there's a little bit of news. But overall, uh, how's it going with you? You know, I think the thing that really stands out to me now, finishing this series off, is just how lucky we were to get those three three last films that they did happen. Because, you know, looking back on it now, there was very real chance that, you know, they never happened. And it made such a difference to, you know, this story that it just didn't fizzle out and end on kind of that disappointing note in Rocky Five that we were able to come back and, like, you know, have the series continue to 
overcome the odds and surprise people, you know, with those last couple of f- films. Um, it's, it's really made a b- b- big difference to its legacy, I think. You know, I feel now the Rocky brand, you know, from a legacy perspective is the strongest it's ever been there uh, you know there are not many fra- franchises that can go on for as long as this one has and still feel you know authentic and true to the original idea i, I think um you know wherever you joined as uh, joined on on as a fan of this series i think feel like you were rewarded for for sticking with it uh, t- to this point and um I still like it's feel like there's a lot of uh, story left to tell in it if they do want if they do want to continue um you know it's just it's just choosing w- what avenue that will be true yeah so I, I want to lead off this epilogue episode with the latest news because once we started recording obviously uh, we recorded far before the episodes would actually release because we wanted to have a lot of those in, in the in the can before we we started releasing them just in case anything happened and so we mentioned one of those things which is a documentary was released in uh it was it was i think we had we had started recording and maybe we'd gotten about halfway through and then word came out that a documentary about the first film was coming out and so that came out and you and i will talk about this uh in a second here but the other news and and i think this is kind of big news for fans of the series is that stallone talked about uh, doing a director's cut uh, of Rocky Four, I think we, I think we were able to talk about that in one of the episodes. But since then, he has actually officially announced it for the 35th anniversary of the movie, which is 2020. And so it does look like we are getting some uh, something. Uh, I don't know if it's in the form of a Blu-ray. I don't know if it's in the form of just a download or a rental. But it is coming out, according to Sylvester Stallone. Uh, he just tweeted, or I'm sorry, on Instagram, there's a picture of he and, and Drago facing each other. And, and they're in the background is when Duke is picking him up w- w- with the flag. And Sl- Stallone writes, for the 35th anniversary, Rocky Four is getting a new director's cut by me. So far, it looks great. Soulful. I don't know what soulful means. Thank you, MGM, for this opportunity to entertain. Earlier in uh, 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 in in August, as we're recording this, he posted two videos of him in the edit bay, and one of those videos was of Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren, uh, actually talking at the press conference, and and in the press conference, uh, Ludmilla and. Uh, uh, Nick, what was that guy's name? Nikita or Nikolai, uh, the, his, his, his manager, uh, did, did the talking, but there is, there is footage of Drago Stallone is kind of directing and acting at the same time, telling him, okay, I want you to say this. And now I want you to say this. And so in, in the other video that he put out, he's basically like, why, why did we cut this out? And it is of Drago saying, uh, I can't be defeated at the press conference. So, that's all the information that we have right now, but that is big news for a franchise that, that, like you just said, no matter where you came in, there is something for you. For the fans of uh, of uh, Rocky Four, uh, as the you know people think that that's the the best one, I, I imagine that those folks are going to be super jazzed to get this new cut of the movie. 
Yeah, like on the last episode, we talked about like what would be the the, the next step for Rocky, or is there anything le- left to do with Rocky? And you know, now we know at least that there is one more piece of the puzzle. And you know, this seems like it's been something that has been bubbling in Stallone's mind for a really long time. You know, he's been teasing it for a while. So it'll be interesting to see how it turns out to be. Uh, would it have been like a very different movie if this was? the original cut I, I imagine what we're gonna get is not like you know what you called the the, the 90 minute music video for it I think this <laughs> is probably gonna be something a little bit more a little bit more storytelling so it'll be like interesting to see how that plays out and hopefully you know we'll all get the opportunity to go see it in the theater and uh, see it play out together yeah I would I would actually love that that would be amazing to, to see because I did see I think I saw Rocky 3 at a drive-in, but I did see Rocky Four at a movie theater, so that was that was very a clear memory. Rocky Four and Return of the Jedi; those I remember very clearly because I think they were like two years after one another or something like that. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's dig into this thirty-minute documentary that we both watched. The documentary is by a director named uh, Derek Wayne Johnson. And it is called 40 Years of Rocky, The Birth of a Classic. It you can is order all- that, but just if, if people want to check it out, you can order that becomingrocky.com. Yeah, and I didn't see it for rental. I had to pay. I mean, I paid a rental price, and I think it was, a, it was an actual download. So now I own the, uh, the documentary. Uh, so Derek Wayne Johnson... He also directed King of the Underdogs, which was a documentary about John Avildsen, who is the director of uh, the first Rocky and and Rocky V. And I watched King of the Underdogs when I first had this idea of wanting to do this project, even before you and I had talked about it. That is one of the films that I watched because I wanted to see if there was anything in that that I didn't know. And there, there was. And that film is influenced by a book that uh, came out in 2013 that we're going to talk about. I have some nuggets from that, and we'll talk about that in a second. So I wanted to kind of set the scene for for what we're going to talk about right now. We're going to talk about this documentary, and then we'll talk about this book in a, in a second. But overall, like 30 minutes, quick, uh, quick watch, it looks like Stallone was just shown some footage, and he's just talking over it. Um, it's not it's not this really sharp uh, thing. It's just old footage, Stallone talking over it, and it's it's like bringing back memories of his as he's watching it. The only, the, the one thing I thought was really cool is there originally was going to be uh, more footage in in the film where Rocky decides to watch some of Apollo's old, old fights, like Apollo's highlight reel of fights. And so in this documentary, they show like, I don't know if it's eight millimeter film of Apollo fighting other guys uh, or, or like sparring uh, other guys to kind of get the feel for, for what the, what the, uh, the, the story was going to be. But then I think they didn't have the money to actually shoot that. So all we have is just this eight millimeter film of John Avildsen kind of like trying to figure out, what to do here. 
Yeah, this is like, I would say, a real hardcore fans documentary. You know, most videos like this, uh, this one are like, you know, you get a lot of talking heads, people who are involved in the film, you know, talking about their memories and how great the film was. And there are those on Rocky as well. There's a very good one called the Rocky Saga, which, you know, is is free to watch on YouTube for people to check out. But this is quite different. You know, as you said, it's all just raw raw 8mm footage from the set at the time, you know, some of it's test footage, some of it is, you know, between scenes, like downtime stuff, some, you know, there's some stuff from the premiere um, and stuff like, you know, after the shoot's finished and, you know, it's all just being voiced over by Stallone and a lot of it is, you know, stories we've heard already, you know, stuff we talked about on episode one where you talk about them them sending the the fight choreographer home and planning out the the fight scenes themselves or you know the story about and uh, not having any any, uh, any budget for extras for the ice rink and how that came about and using the steady cameras like it's all these stories we know but hearing it told in Stallone's voice is really quite interesting and as he said it's it's just kind of like him recalling his memories mm-hmm. during during this period and yeah i think the probably the most substantial part is the stuff around the actual fight footage and what you said about like you know there was all these bouts that um apollo creed had i think like gene gene lavelle is is the, is the ref in them um did you did you notice that uh, stallone makes a comment about gene lavelle overacting and like getting really low in the uh, in, in in the count because he, he went to count out somebody and so he's like getting really down to their level, and my instinct watching that was that's how he would do it as a pro wrestling referee. So I wonder if he was like channeling his pro wrestling referee in that in that scene or not in not even a scene in that um, you know footage of, of them practicing this fight. Yeah, 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 um, and it, like, yeah, there's, there is, there's some stuff with Stallone as well, like you know, just goofing about with, 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 with Frank in the ring as well, which is kind of fun. Like all that stuff is super interesting, but I think, you know, the thing that really kind of stands out of, to me about it is like, how much Stallone, I, you know, admired uh, Carl Weathers' performance and how he talked to the boxing. Like he calls Carl. I've heard him say this before. Like the greatest uh, cinematic fighter of all, all time. Um, and yeah, you can just like you can just see he's really taken aback by how much of a good athlete Weathers is, and how he was so he was able to t- pick up the boxing so easily. And you know, he's he also made the the comment that he's a legit athlete because he was a football player. So this is not just an actor uh, trying to be an athlete, but he's an athlete who became an actor acting as an athlete. So I think that gave him uh, a, a leg up on everybody else. Um, okay, so... And, and, and another thing oh, about that is, though, uh, just, like, they show kind of some of the side-by-side uh, footage of, like, you know, the practice bouts they they were they were doing and, you know, the final footage, the final fight footage from the film. And, like, that's really cool to see. And, you know, Stallone's talking a lot about in it about how he... Um, he, fe- he like how he always kind of advocates for a boxing movie that like this type of rehearsal is you know of the utmost importance that you put the guys in the ring and you do like 
pra- practice this so for 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 weeks weeks and weeks on end before going to shoot so it does become second nature to to them and like he was kind of saying you know this like it's a formula that we use all through the series and why it's always worked for it and i guess like the thing that that made me wonder is like you know when we moved on to creed and you took Stallone out of the fights you know because i didn't think the creed fights were as good as the rocky ones is that part of the reason is it like you know like the stars today you, you, you just don't get that type of access where you can just leave them to practice their boxing scenes over and over again until they they know it as second nature you know they've got so many other commitments and maybe you know the dedicate without Stallone being directly involved the dedication wasn't quite the same so uh like Dune said, it's very easy to get a hold of this thing. It is a very quick watch. It if you if you really love these films, I think you'll get something out of it. Like w- one of the things that I really loved was seeing uh Talia and Burt Young as young people like during that time. Like it was just so cool to see them out outside of those characters because you know, you don't really get to see that. But the problem with the eight millimeter film is there's no audio. So you only have the video and Stallone talking over the video. It would have been great to hear a little, you know, a little bit of their voices, you know, to hear them outside of their character. I thought that would have been a, a cool thing. But, you know, you, they got they had what they had and, and, and they, they did what they could with it. Let's take a break from the Rocky podcast and talk about one of my favorite apps. Legit. One of my favorite apps. So the uh, the wife and I, during the week when we have the kids, we do cook. Actually, l- let's be honest. She does 95% of the cooking here. Uh, but on the weekends when we don't have the kids or on the weeks that uh, we may not have the kids as much, we definitely use our DoorDash app. DoorDash is, uh, is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. You open up the app, you look at some of the restaurants, you click on the menu, and uh, the food is literally at your doorstep in 20 to 30 minutes, at least in our experience. So right now, our listeners can get 5% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your uh, your order and zero delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, BLUEWIRE is the code for your $5 off of your first order with DoorDash. All right, so let's talk about this book. Um, as I was kind of researching Derek Wayne Johnson, and I had known that he did the King of the Underdogs uh, documentary, but what I didn't realize is that there was a book that heavily influenced the King of the Underdogs documentary. Now, the book is not only about Rocky, it's about all of Avildsen's films. It's about the Karate Kid. It's called Basically, it's called The Films of John Avildsen, Rocky, The Karate Kid, and Other Underdogs. So I read through it uh, just recently, and decided, you know, oh, I wonder if there's anything that, you know, we didn't find or we didn't cover. And I think we got almost everything, but there are a few nuggets here. And I wanted to run them by you. Uh, I wanted to know if you've heard these things before. And also, for, you know, for the audience, the book in of itself, 
it's not a super fantastic read unless you're a John Avildsen fan or a Rocky fan or a Karate Kid fan. I'm going to find use for it because the next project that I do is going to be based on the Karate Kid. So I've mentioned that before that that that's going to happen sometime later this year. So I bought it for both of those reasons for this podcast and for another podcast. But I did want to I did want to run some of these by you. So according to the book, two executives at United Artists. Uh, were given the film The Lords of Flatbush to see if they were uh, okay with Stallone being the leading actor in Rocky. And they mistook Stallone for an actor uh, named Perry King. And they saw Perry King and they're like, yep, go for it. Here's the budget. Boom, boom. I don't remember hearing this story. Did did we... uh, I mean... You know, we we started doing these shows so long ago, so maybe there was a little bit of a nugget there that I forgot. But did you ever hear this story? I I didn't necessarily hear them like, you know, they greenlighted the footage off the, or they greenlighted the shoot off the back of that. But I did hear Stallone say that story in in that that uh, documentary I mentioned that's on YouTube, the Rocky Saga documentary. Oh, okay. He, he, he did mention the mix-up that they, they thought it was somebody. They they thought, like, from watching the footage, the other guy was the star of the, sh- <laughs> star of the show. Okay, Burt Young said that he was the only actor who did not have to audition. And Stallone wasn't sure that he was going to take the part. So he was like begging him to take the part saying, it's perfect. I wrote it for you. Like, this is like, this is the, the so great. And Burt Young told him like, look, I'm going to take it. I'm just trying to get a little bit more money. So supposedly he's the highest paid actor in the movie. I did not know that. Like, I, my, my thought would have been that like Mickey would have been the highest paid actor because he, you know, he, he had, he had the biggest name at the time. Yeah, I, I do wonder or about else, that. Or else Talia as well, who, who was just coming off Godfather. She's, yeah, she's coming off Godfather 2. Uh, and so, um, yeah, I, 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 I just thought that was interesting because, you know, it just shows you like a little bit of leverage that you do have. <laughs> you know, you can use it even on a small budget movie like this one. Okay, so here's something very cool about Avildsen's uh, improvisation because there were things in the, in the script that they couldn't do, like I, like I mentioned, the scenes of of Apollo boxing other fighters that Rocky would use as as you know um, fight tape to watch. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think the idea of that, like the way it was sold in the documentary, at least, was that like you know Rocky would be studying those fights. And that was supposed to be in the place of the scene where Rocky goes to the arena. And it's empty, and he looks and sees the posters. So that scene wasn't originally in the movie, but because they didn't have the money to actually film the scenes of Apollo fighting other guys, they improvised and they did the and they did the scene uh, in in the arena. So and then That's I a think a little bit of making something out of nothing, right? Again, because like I think both of us had that in our favorite scenes when we talked about Rocky One, and it's such a small. It's a small scene. Absolutely. And the other thing, I think we mentioned this in our podcast, but the, the poster where it has Rocky with the wrong color uh, trunks, they couldn't, they didn't have the money to make a new one. So they had to improvise that dialogue too for Rocky to ask Miles Jurgens about why the poster is wrong. So just, you know, just further improvisational skills from Avildsen and, and the actors. 
So, um, let me see. There was another one. Uh, okay, so there. The other improvisation is that uh, the robe that was created in, in Rocky One, where Rocky says this robe is is baggy. They, they just they they ordered the wrong size or or they had the wrong size and they couldn't afford to buy a new one, and so they had to make the joke about how baggy the robe was because they didn't have the money. And so, you know, it's another scene that kind of there's a charm to the Rocky character that was not in the script that they had to create. And that's another one that Stallone echoes in in the in the documentary as well. You know, he says that the, the robe was because he was talking about the raw footage of him in the robe, and he uh, he says like the robe was made for a guy who was six five or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, exactly. So uh, there's um, I thought this was fascinating. There's a journalist uh, from New York Magazine, New Yorker Magazine. Her name was Pauline Kale, and she saw a pre-release version. And called Avildsen to to compliment the work, and so Avildsen asked her about the uh, a particular scene in which Rocky walks a neighborhood preteen girl home. We all know this to be Lil Marie, and there was um, I think there was some push from the studio to remove that scene because they thought it was slow and boring. And so he asked Pauline about that scene, and Pauline said that she liked it because it actually made Rocky like a likable person. And so then Avildsen said, you know, could you talk to the producers? Just give them what you just told me because they want to cut it. And then uh, and then she, she talked to them, and then the scene was allowed to stay in. So imagine if that scene is cut, it sort of changes the trajectory of what becomes... Uh, Rocky, Rocky Five and Rocky Balboa because they cut the Lil Marie scene in Rocky Five, but there was a plan there too. So it changes the trajectory of, of that, which is kind of fascinating. So Avildsen and Stallone, there there may be some, what would you call it, dysfunction between the two of them over the years. I would imagine that now Avildsen has passed, Stallone is older. He very much has great things to say in this documentary about Avildsen. But I was able to unearth some uh, some issues between the two of them. And so there's a 1995 HBO documentary series called The Great Directors. And the producer asked Stallone for an interview regarding another director. And when the interview is completed, he then said, you know, that there was this series uh, about Avelson. And, and would Stallone say something about Avelson for the show? And Stallone said he would talk about Rocky but not about Avildsen. So why the animosity? Uh, Avildsen thinks it's because um, he he was the one who got the Oscar and Stallone didn't. He thinks it could stem from that. It was Stallone's film. He wrote it. He's the star. But all the honors went to, to Avildsen. And Stallone felt like, you know, he probably got overlooked because he was so new. And... Um, the, and even even like you know maybe he maybe he felt like the competition stepping into that role for Rocky two to four you know he was trying to fill Avelson's shoes and you know as a director he didn't get the acclaim Avelson did for the first one. And, and here's something that's fascinating is that because Stallone was so new, according to this book, some of the Academy voters didn't know that he was actually portraying. Rocky, they just thought he was kind of playing himself, 
which is so weird to me because he does have the writer's credit. So if he was just this dumb guy, you know, how does he have the writer's credit of the script? But I think this may be sort of like a chip on the shoulder from the Academy, you know, the old Academy thinking that, ah, Stallone's not really acting. That's just who he is. And that that kind of plays into his career because a lot of Hollywood kind of felt that way, right? He's a, he's he's, a two-trick he pony. Rocky, yeah. Right. Rocky or Rambo, that's all he can do. And so he was always trying to disprove that. And that's, that's a fascinating thing to think about when it comes to his career. Okay, so some Rocky Five stuff here. Um, the way that Avelson and Stallone got put together was because of Bill Conti. Avelson didn't approach Stallone. He didn't know that Stallone wanted him. He didn't think Stallone would want him. And um, Conti was the liaison because Stallone did want Avelson to direct. And he told Conti, and Conti's the one who passed the script on to Avelson. So we all know about the the final scene that Avelson really wanted to keep, which was you know the death of of Rocky, and this is something that Stallone wrote. So Stallone clearly uh, kind you know he wanted to sort of end this character as well. So Avelson says that the, that original scene, um, because he fought so hard to keep it. Uh, and, and plus, he lost the argument. He says that it almost ruined his career. He said it took him five years to get over it and another five years to get on with his life. He acknowledges that he brooded about the decision during the first half of that time. Meanwhile, his temperamental reputation, he, he was fired off of other films because he was like so strong in his demands and holding what he thought was best. His temperamental reputation made it hard for him to find other work. Had he had forgotten his own maxim the goal is not to make one film the goal is to keep on making films so it's super interesting because you know he he signed on to do a film which ended with rocky dying and he had the scene in his uh, in in his in his head the the adrian holding rocky making the speech he thought that was like the way to end the movie and then he agrees to to sign on and then they changed the end of the movie on him and causes frustration, I'm sure, between he and Stallone. Okay, Rocky Balboa. He's not in Rocky Balboa. Obviously, he doesn't have anything to do with it, but Sly did ask him for some advice. So, uh, Avildsen had run into Stallone at a restaurant prior to the filming and approached him about possibly directing the new release. Stallone wanted to do it, so he did not bite, but he gave him some of the general overviews. And obviously, we know Adrian has died before the movie started. And Avildsen suggested that he not let her die off of the screen, but instead have her die in his arms at the beginning of the movie. So sort of like a reverse of how Rocky V was supposed to end, Sly's holding her as she's, you know, passing away. And he said, you'll have the audience in the palm of your hands for two hours. Stallone obviously did not do that. How did, does it, would that change things for you, do you think? Do you like it better the way that Sloan did it? I think I do. It, 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 like, you know, it's one we discussed at the time. Should Adrian have been in in the film in some way? Um, I th- I, you know, I, I feel like... I feel like with, you know, that loss already having happened and, you know... It being a part of Sloane's life, it kind of puts you in in the position where you need to be going into that film. I think otherwise, 
like if she dies at the start of the film, like a big part of that film is the grieving process. Mm-hmm. And that I think that changes the whole direction of where that story is going to be then. So the last, last bit of it, and then we'll move on to the next couple segments we have planned. Avildsen asked Stallone if Sage, who would have been in his late 20s, when they when they started uh, working on this on Rocky Balboa would play his son in the movie Stallone said he would not because he had put on some weight Avildsen praised Sage's work in Rocky 5 calling it terrific and encouraged Stallone to reconsider he was not interested in that either and i think we both think that you know Sage was uh, i think Sage remind would remind people too much of Rocky 5 and i think uh, Stallone was trying to distance that film and Rocky Balboa so i don't i don't agree with Avildsen's uh suggestion there yeah i i i, t- I t- think you're right and i think you know it probably would have put Sage in a position of you know where he was going to get some unfair criticism regardless if you know he was if he was to uh, reprise that role uh, so yeah, I think it was probably for the best the direction they did go. Um, there were actually just remembering now two other kind of little stories in the documentary that you made me think of um, that I wanted to mention. One of them, and like you know, Stallone is a good storyteller, so I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how true this is. Like, but he mentioned that the theater well like you know there's the classic story of rocky opening in just two theaters and then going on to being this multi-million dollar grossing film and you know winning the oscar and everything else like one of the two theaters it opened and sloan said he worked as an usher there like not too long before that yes yes that 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 is also in this book so either the author bit on that story or that was actually a real story I, I thought that was really a, re, a, re, a really cool, cool cool note, and the other one was just about Rocky's hat, where Stallone says like you know I think he said he like picked it up at a charity store for like three bucks or something like that, and you know started wearing it, and people were like what's the deal with the hat, um, and they say like you can't wear that hat, Gene Hackman wore it, something different, the French connection, and like Stallone was just like this is Rocky's hat, it, the, the hat stays, and he just knew it was a winner of a hat, and you know it's it's, it's become synonymous uh, with, with Rocky over the years so I thought that was cool as well you know again just slide knowing the character and what how we should dress and yeah, how yeah. we should act yeah see this is the stuff that I'm going to miss about this podcast when we when we unearth things like that that are really fun um, okay so that's it from that I just wanted to give uh, the audience a little bit more information as as you know we were we were trying to find all of these great nuggets and I and I found some more so I wanted to share those okay so one segment that you had said that would be fun to do which mirrors Rocky Balboa, what that that movie is about, which is the computerized boxers, the past versus the present. And we, you know, we thought, who's the best of all of the fictional boxers? Now, we didn't really discuss this before uh, talking about this. Would we take out like the real life boxers. So, you know, would Tommy Gunn be exempt because we know that he was real? Uh, or would uh, Pretty Ricky Conlon be exempt because we know that he was real? Andre Ward, even though Andre Ward, he, he lost. Uh, I feel his- like my ruling on this would be like, Mike Tyson doesn't count because he's like Mike Tyson in the film. He's not a character. But uh, 
Ricky Conlon does count because he's Ricky Conlon. He's the only he, undefeated guy in the he, whole he, he, series. He, 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 he is Ricky Conlon, and he's 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 not Tony Value. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess like that for me seemed like what is it like that was the one that I found very hard to match. It is Ricky Conlon because you know you're belie- you're to believe in the. Um, in the in the Creed continuity, the, 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 the Ricky Conlon is the the number one fighter, as you said. He was the pound for pound king um, before going to jail, and he beat, he beat Donny as well. So you know he, he he's got he's he, like like if you're gonna look for a dream match from for Rocky from the current continuity, like Ricky Conlon is probably the one you would think of. But the problem is he's a light heavyweight. Yes, yes. Okay, so I I, I broke it down. Um, and, and just keep me honest here, because uh, I, I think this is right. So let's look at all of the non-Rocky boxers. So we have Apollo Creed. Rocky in Rocky uh, in Creed calls him the perfect fighter. So we know what Rocky thinks about Creed. But he goes one and two. Uh, or, or I'm sorry, he goes two and one against Rocky if we count the sparring session, which Rocky says that he wins, but he loses the exhibition to Drago. So on on film, Apollo is two and two uh, after being the undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. Uh, Clubber Lang, uh, Rocky goes one and one against him, and he's never seen again. So if he was... If he did something after, then, you know, in lore, in film lore, that's all we know about Clubber Lang. He goes I, one I, and one. I feel like there's two, two good matches for Clubber, but I'll, I'll talk about them in a minute. Okay. Ivan Drago beats Apollo in the exhibition, but loses to Rocky. And from Creed 2, uh, it doesn't sound like his uh, career w- w- was great because, you know, he was kind of, uh, they kind of sh- shunned him after losing to Rocky. Uh, Tommy Gunn. We see Tommy Gunn beat a lot of jabronis, and then he uh, he faces Union Kane for the championship. He wins, and then he loses the street fight to Rocky. Adonis Creed loses to... I'm sorry. Uh, Mason Dixon is next. Mason Dixon beats Rocky, so he's also undefeated. I meant, I said Ricky Conlon's undefeated. Uh, Mason Dixon is also undefeated. He beats Rocky. He goes 1-0. We saw him win another fight where he knocked somebody out, so, uh, so he, he's undefeated. Uh, Adonis Creed loses to Pretty Ricky Conlon, beats Danny Wheeler, and goes 2-0 against uh, Baby Drago, one of them by disqualification. We mentioned Ricky Conlon being undefeated. Also, Baby Drago goes 0-2, losing one by disqualification. So, what... I I have two questions for you. In the mythical universe of Rocky, what are one or two matchups that you would love to see? And then after that, I want to hear who you think is the greatest fictional non-Rocky boxer. Okay. So... I mean, I was thinking about different matchups for different different guys, right? And you know, Rocky, as I said, is the hard one because you know he's fought most of the people, and the other guy that you might put him in there with would be Ricky Conlon, and the the weights don't match, so you can't redo that with him. So the only kind of matchup I can really think of for Rocky is kind of the cross generational matchup with Victor. That's the only like other matchup that I can think of that Rocky could possibly have. 
Um, for Apollo, I feel like his big matchup, the matchup that I'd like to see for him, is the one that was kind of teased and we never got, which is the match with Clover. Mm-hmm. Um, for Drago, I think there is there is two great, great f- f- fights that uh, I, w- I, w- I, w- I w- would would li- like to see. Um, w- w- one of them is like with 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 with, with Donny. Mm-hmm. And the other one is like the ultimate sl- slugfest. Him and uh, Clover. Yeah, uh, that that's interesting because. Um, Clubber in the 1982 Clubber was like I think he's he's probably like Stallone's height, but he was a tank and a half. So from a body standpoint, like you know, I don't know what heavyweight boxer or light heavyweight boxer you could even uh, say that he is similar to, but uh, just you know the the tank. So you know he would have to do what what Rocky did in the second fight, which is just tire him out and and move and maybe even slim down a bit. And um, for Donnie, like the two, I think w- would be most interesting. Actually, there's like three that fights I think for for Donnie that would be be interesting. Obviously, it's a the dra- the big Drago fight, and also like the battle of the two proteges, him and Tommy. I think you know that's a good one. Or also, um, you know, him and Mason Mason the Lion Dixon would be kind of an, an interesting one. Just you, you don't you don't really have a barometer on on Dixon because he never really fought anybody. So Donny would be a good barometer for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and another one uh, I was thinking about is like. I, you know, I wanted to get our man Spider Rico a fight. <laughs> and I was trying to think, how could we get Spider Rico a good win on this? And I'm thinking, the way we go is Spider Rico versus Union Kane. Now, mm. Spider Rico went to hell and back with Rocky. Admittedly, it was Rocky who was being paid like 35 bucks for the fight <laughs> and was smoking and drinking. So not a, not a peak Rocky, but he did he did g- 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 give him a hell of a fight. Um, and okay, Union, wait, wait. Can, Union can, Kane didn't even g- go go a couple of rounds with Rocky's second best protege. So I think that's a, that's a good fight for the, for the opener of this show. Okay, are headbutts legal in this fight? Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think he can legalize headbutts head, head in a show. But I guess. Yeah. I, I guess the way I'd I'd, I'd book my show is um, we'd open the show with Spider and Union Kane. That would be my uh, TV bout in the lead into the pay per view. Then we start off with the the young kids. Uh, uh, Donnie against Tommy Gunn in the Ball of the Rocky Proteges. Um. Then we go on to Rocky against Victor, and then Clover versus Apollo as the main event. So, so there's no fight for the the eldest Drago. He's kind of left out here. I've got an idea actually for that. Maybe what we could do uh, is, you know, like with Mason the Lion. Uh, his deal was like, you know, he never really fought anybody, and you know, people were crying out for him to fight a tough fighter and instead of like you know fighting old man Rocky maybe he fights a prime uh, Drago mm, like, I like it, that that, that, that to, to me seems a good one now if you could mix things up a little bit and use the real life fighters in it I think then 
your double main event is Apollo versus Joe Frazier and Tyson against Rocky. What about, um, gosh, who, the, wait. No, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. You got it. Oh, no, then, no. What about uh, Roy Jones Jr.? Because he's in, he's in Creed 2. That's true, but he's, he's, he's the commentator <laughs> at that point. So, he's like, because you, you, you also have Roberto Duran in, in, in there, yep, in, in there right. but like, you know, it's, you have a weight thing with him. Maybe you could get the light heavyweight version against Roberto Duran to fight uh, Ricky Conlon. Maybe that 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 would be your match. But I, I think, you know, I think if you had that, those two big ones, the the Tyson Rocky and the Fra- Frazier Apollo match, I think on that card you need. The slobber knocker. You need Clover against Drago to go go along go alongside that. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, favorite or best fictional boxer? Who would who would you go with as as the best of them all? I think you have to go with Apollo on the basis that if we give him the sparring session win and he comes out of it ahead of Rocky you know Rocky's got win- Rocky's got a winning record against everybody else so I, th- I think you had to go at, at, like you know if that's you know even you know when you're told that a- Apollo's past is best you know he's on the, d- d- the downward side of his career he's, he still was able to win, win two fights against R- R- Rocky versus one so I think you do have to agree that he is the, the number one fighter in the in, in the series that would be my pick too. Now I know because Clubber was uh, a he, he they they created a monster with Clubber, and then in in Drago it's like you know a superhero the way that he looks. They did dial it up, and I, I remember when I think it was the original Rocky Sega Master System game. You 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 had um you had Rocky Apollo Clubber. And Drago, um, it may have been that one. I don't actually remember, but it, you know, the, the, there was because of the movies. Like Drago was always like the 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 killer out of everybody. But in in, in boxing, in in actual actual boxing, Apollo Creed would probably knock out Clubber Lang um, in quicker than than Rocky did. In Rocky Three, I think just the speed and the length. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know how Clubber would hit him really, because Clubber's not very tall. But you know, the one the one thing you can say is Drago did beat Apollo. Like you said, it was not an Apollo in his prime. And I do think that prime versus prime, it is probably a fifteen round decision, and it's all based on uh, where the fight's at in Vegas. Apollo gets it, and in, in Russia, Drago gets a decision. So. That that's that that that's that's my my pick on on that one. But yeah, well, I, they, I, I, they, I think they Apollo's are, the, I think Apollo's probably the best. They are they are um, slides to number one and number two uh, greatest film boxers of all time as well. So we're, we're we're in agreement with him. All right, another quick break from the epilogue episode of the Rocky Podcast, so we can talk about. NFL Sunday ticket. I have four fantasy football drafts this week. This is this is the season. Um, so with NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and players. 
No matter where you live, NFL Sunday Ticket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFL Sunday Ticket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Okay, let's talk about, I think the thing that I've been thinking about the most as we're doing this podcast, um, as, you know, as we get close to shutting down here, is the ranking of the films. I think when my ranking, before we started doing this rewatch, um, I'd have to go back and look at it because I did do it right before we started. I, I had ranked the films and I think, um, uh, you know, I may have had a slightly different ranking, but... This is where we should do this now, I think, is is rank your Rocky films from top to bottom. Okay, so are we going to go one for one for one here? Like, I'll give my eight, and then you give your give your eight, and then we move on to seven, or will I go eight to one, and you go eight to one? You just go eight to one, and then we'll, we'll see where the differences are. Okay, so just uh, to say before we get into this, like, I really like every one of these films with the exception of one that's very last in the list <laughs> so you know it's not a knock on any of them if they come lower down the list it's like you know being ranked in the top seven of like a really loaded division like you right. know every, anybody could be a, champ- a champion out of it like that's kind of the way i view this but uh yeah so my dead last is R- rocky five by a good margin and you know this is the only film in the series that we weren't overly positive about um it does have that Mickey flashback scene that we love, and that's one of the best in the entire series. But, like, you know, to its credit, they didn't do anything in this that was, you know, that they couldn't come back from. Um, if we, you know, you talked about, you know, Abelson's idea to k- kill Rocky off. You know, because they didn't do that. You know, it it maybe if anything, this like the, the credit you can give to Rocky Five is, as we said, it it, it gave longevity to the series because it gave it gave them something to come back from. And without it, like I don't think you would have got Rocky Balboa. And without Rocky Balboa, maybe you wouldn't have got Creed One and Two. So it did serve its purpose. It is very much my least favorite of the films, but uh, you know, maybe it did, it did like it, it like the series needed that one blip in it to be able to uh, go on as long as it did. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you that, you know, this is the last on, on mine, too. And for every reason that you said, but um, I do wonder if uh, there, there's a comment that Avelson made where he said in, in the first Rocky that Rocky was a starving actor. And by Rocky five, he was a star. If Stallone gives a, a grade a performance instead of what was sort of like a a c plus do you think that that changes anything or is it sort of the same like no matter what i think it's i think it's just a flawed, flawed film and i think it was a story that people didn't really engage with anyway so i i don't think i don't think you were ever whatever you did with this i just i think it was kind of doomed to failure and you know aside from sloan like you know Bert Young even said, who I think he was the be- the best part of this film. He said, like you know, everybody at that point just took them took the money. That's what that's what they did it for. Mm-hmm. So right, it, it was bigger bigger than just a, a Stallone issue. My my next one is, um, and this is what I was saying, you know, because this might be 
top three in mo- in most people's, or maybe even two or one, um, and that is Rocky Two. Interesting. And you know, I think this film does have some really good scenes, particularly some of the scenes with Rocky and Mick. I think are very good. It has Rocky's uh, title win, and you know, it has some. A, a really cool training montage as well. I, re- I think like this is the one that's dropped down my list the most. And, you know, the reason for that, I think, is maybe just on rewatch, uh, you know, it's the one that's pacing. It's a little bit off. It feels l- longer uh, than any of the others, I think. Um, and a lot of that might be, you know, that Sloan as a director for the first time on this was like, you know, figuring things out a l- lot. Um, and you know maybe may, maybe it just uh, is a little bit more unbalanced than some some of the some of the other films you know and even in saying that I think like on first watch I probably I probably liked it better than you know s- s- some of, some of, some of the the ones that I'm gonna have above it but I just think on repeat viewing you know I think maybe some of the other ones are a little bit a little bit a bit more seamless you know you kind of you kind of. I suppose you kind of like I'd compare this almost to like you know when you, people always say a musician's second album is 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 you know a real struggle because oh yeah you know the fir- the first one they had their whole life to put into it and then the second one they're like okay now how do you follow that up and do it in a year so um, some, some something that's interesting in this book is Avildsen said that he and Stallone had an idea for a trilogy like right out of the gate. And and I, I do wonder if it's the same idea that Stallone said in that interview that he did where, you know, Rocky all of a sudden, it, it sort of takes it away from boxing and he wants to become the mayor or whatever. Um, but he did say that, you know, we, we wanted to do a trilogy. So Avildsen seemed like he was in on three films and we've talked about this in 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 the rocky 2 episode where you know there was just uh, uh, uh there were a couple reasons why he wasn't directing obviously it seems like stallone definitely wanted to do it but also he he chose another film and uh and there was a girl involved or a woman involved and so there was some some stuff there but you know if avildsen takes the reins is rocky 2 a better film I think maybe it would have been. I think maybe, you know, some of the issues that I just mentioned about, like, the pacing and things. And you, you mentioned it as well. You felt there was parts of this film that were really slow and oh, yeah. other p- bits that breezed by. Um, Adrian was in a coma for about five hours, it felt like, on screen. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that's kind of that's kind of why it dropped down my list. It's that kind of unevenness. And I think, like, if you had this experienced director in there, maybe, maybe that, some of that would have been uh, evened out. Okay, so I will say, I'm not going to spoil my order. Uh, I, I did not have Rocky Two that low, and I will ex- I will explain why uh, when we get down to it. But what's your next one? Okay, the next two, I wasn't sure how to split, but I'm going to go with Creed Two next. Mm, interesting. And, you know, I thought this was, like, you know, a really excellent, well-thought-out film. They really did their due, due diligence on it, like a very few complaints. Um you know, I said in the episode about this, you know, they bought like a story that was, you know, very much of its time and they made a current and they took a character, you know, in Drago that was, you know, a bit of a one trick pony and turned him into like this very compelling rounded figure. So like, I have no real complaints about this film. In fact, like the biggest compliment I can give is that, uh, you know, I'd be, 
satisfied if like this turns out to be the last chapter of the Rocky series Creed 2 like you know I think it would be a fitting end to the series the way they wrap things up so you know even though it's further down my list it's you know it's one I really enjoyed and you know I've the utmost regard for what they did on it alright I do not have Creed 2 down that low either but you know, I, I, I get it. You're, you're ranking things that you enjoy, not things that you do not do not like. So that, uh, that, that, that makes sense. What's next? Um, my next one is Rocky Four, And this and Creed 2, I actually almost had, like, you know, just tied. And I didn't know w- which to put ahead of the other one. Um, and I like them both equally, just in different ways. Uh, I gave... Rocky for the nod, I suppose, partly just because of seniority and, you know, having seen it more times and also just because of, you know, because of how successful this film was and, you know, how iconic these the characters became. I think that, like, in a lot of ways paved the way for Creed but I, like I don't think Creed film works unless Rocky 4 was the smash that it was and you know Drago took off the the, the way that the way that he did um, you know as you said this is like you know the ultimate 90 minute music video version <laughs> of, of Rocky and you know there is those two types of, of films in Rocky there's the more you know down to earth version and then there's this version and uh, you know I think it, like you know this, this is like the as I said the ultimate version of that and you you know, it's it's also just a great soundtrack to it as well. You know, out of all the soundtracks, one of my uh, very favourites. So, like, Rocky Four, I just I just have like an inch above above Creed Two. So, question: After watching Creed Two, did it make you like Rocky Four more? I've heard that by some people saying. Rocky uh, Creed two actually made them enjoy Rocky four more because it sort of closes like it closes this loop uh, by by tying the two films together. It does. Um, I, both both Creed uh, both Creed films do 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 that in different ways for uh, for for different the first four movies in a, in a lot of ways. And when I talk about Creed, I'll I'll talk a little bit a bit more about that as well. Actually, and then what's next? My next one is. Rocky 3 and this is like I said Rocky 2 is the one that moved furthest down my list this is the one that's moved most up my list Mm. and I'm thinking you might be to blame for this because I know you really love this movie and maybe subconsciously that's rubbing off on me but on the rewatch I just thought this film was great I loved like the 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 storyline with uh, Apollo mentoring Rocky back and bringing him back and um you know, it, I just felt like it was like the injection of pace after what we I mentioned about Rocky Two being a little bit slow. I think like Rocky Three just it was in, the injection of pace when it needed it. Um, you know, it took Rocky off in uh, a different direction at a time and needed a breath of fresh air. And you know, there's no question that it was really successful because you know it led to this and Rocky Four that were is the most successful run out of the whole series you know those two films were absolutely gigantic smash hits and they both kind of use the formula that was established in this one so that's why i have this as high as i do i i will i'm gonna agree with you and you'll see based on my rankings all right what's next next one number three is the original creed and I guess what I say about this is like when you make a spin-off of like 
a beloved film series. Um, you know, Creed is kind of what you always hope it will be, and it very rarely is. And it's extremely hard to come back to something as iconic as Rocky and, you know, do it justice. You know, it's one of those things that, like, when you're working with so with like um content that people have such an affinity for and such a long time bond with, you know they're st- extremely protective of it, and you know they are they will let you know if they don't like what 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 you do with it. And I think you know that's the biggest testament to Creed. You know, they brought this back. They brought this series back in a way that you know the fans enjoyed it and they felt it was truthful and honest to everything that had come before it and also as I just said I feel like my because of how how much they did the research and they filled in the gaps I feel like my enjoyment of the first four films is enhanced to to Creed 1's existence and and also Creed 2 and you know you can't say any bigger tribute to like a spin-off or a sequel than you know it enhances the original yeah no absolutely um so if i'm doing the math here rocky balboa has moved quite far up your rankings and i think that would surprise a lot of people maybe not after listening to our rocky balboa podcast because you know we we, we were very positive on this film but there is a section of rocky fans who didn't like to see the aging version of Rocky. They liked the superhero version of Rocky and that kind of bothered them a little bit. Yeah, so you got it right. The next one is Rocky Balboa. And, you know, this is a sentimental favorite for me because it was the first one I got to see in the the cinema, but also because of how far I went to write the wrong that was Rocky V. You know, this film and the two that followed it... uh, like gave us that kind of satisfying conclusion to this series that we'd lacked for like, you know, the 16 years beforehand. Um, You know, we we saw Rocky get to, you know, go out on his terms uh, in Rocky Balboa and it also gave Sly the chance to end the series on his terms. Now, like you remove this film from the continuity, then your last... Your, your your last memory of Rocky is Rocky Five, like that's the last chapter of this story. So having this, like, so that's kind of a big part of why I ranked this so so much, is so highly. Um, having this opportunity to come back and do these final three films, and you know, tell to finish the story out the right way, um. You know, that's an opportunity that, as I said at the start, we, we didn't think we'd get. And, you know, I don't think any of that happens without, without like, Rocky Balboa working. You know, I don't think we get to Creed 1. I don't think we get to Creed 2. So that's why I have this as high up in my rankings. And I'm sure it will surprise a lot of people. But, you know, that that that, that, that is, like, the way I see it. I think, you know, it, it, Rocky Balboa, I think, gave this whole series a second lease of life that's that's a that's a great and, and, and point. gave it a, gave it another, another dec- decade decade run if that movie sucked i don't think we get creed it's quite possible um and then so obviously you have the original as as number one which i, I do as well so that's uh that's pretty that, that that i think that i think most people uh if you're just talking about it as a film that you know it is it is the best film still out of all of them 
Yeah, it had to be. Um, you know, and just kind of also just what a, what what an amazing success story it was. You know, you took this film that like you know nobody had any expectation for it. It was like you know a million pay, million dollar budget, and you know that spawned eight movies that have all done these gigantic visits, you know, maybe going from like a 1 million uh, budget for the first film to like, you know, over the series grossing over a billion dollars, you know, winning the Oscar, you know, um, and and making all the people in it gigantic stars. You know, there's very few, there's very few breakout stories in cinema that I can think of like that. Uh, if you can think of one, you could, you're, you're, or if anyone listening can t- think of something that equals this, um, they're welcome to send it in. Okay, so let me give you my rankings. They they are actually quite different, but like you said, you know we're really picking nits at at certain things to 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 rank these. So Rocky Five is is, is at the bottom. Um surprisingly for some i'm sure because this is like their favorite movie i've rocky four in that spot and i think i i think i kind of said why in our rocky four uh uh episode some people who will not be happy yeah absolutely and and i totally get it because and some of it has to do with you know this is the first one that they saw and it was their introduction in the franchise you know i i was introduced to uh the films before this movie came out but i was just as psyched as everyone else when this movie came out i think i i think the the ultimate reason is like you've already said it's it's basically an mtv version of rocky um but the other thing is it is um it is not the smartest one that they've done like they 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 really 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 played into the the cold war but they also just played into the time and place that we were in which is sharp quick let's cut let's just throw music on this scene let's let's do the and so to me like when you compare it with the first film or with creed 1 cuz i have creed 1 really high too but when you compare it with those two which actually feel like films in which the dialogue and the scenes are there to set your emotion. What Rocky Four uses to create the emotion is really sort of not che- it's not cheap, but it's a shortcut in a sense to to cater to what people were into at that time. Like you could not in 1985, if you brought the original Rocky into 1985, there's no way everyone would have sat through it. They would have thought a lot of the scenes were boring because at that time in 1985, it was music videos. It was shorter attention spans. And so now that we are so many years away from it, we can kind of look at it uh, with today's eyes. And, and I just think as a film... Rocky Four is, you know, at, near the bottom, just just for the actual filmmaking and how you would make um, something that that sort of sticks. Now, obviously, the fan base is huge for this film. There's so many fun things about the movie, but it doesn't it doesn't really rely on dialogue. It doesn't rely on you know uh, Apollo dying is is really the the way that 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 gives Rocky purpose. And it's a trope that they had used before, but at that point, it just felt like, okay, here we go. We're just going to do this again. So that's it. Felt a little bit lazy, but again, I, I enjoy it just as much as, as most. It's just from a, a ranking standpoint, I have it uh, uh, near the bottom. And then right ahead of that one, and you're not going to like me for this one, 
It's it, it's Rocky Balboa. Now I had Rocky two and Rocky Balboa sort of neck and neck, and I just I picked Rocky two, and I'll tell you why uh, in a second. Rocky Balboa is great. I love it. It gave me so much hope and uh, and everything. I just think the aging Rocky fighting against uh, you know Mason Dixon it, 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 that that fight while entertaining just the idea of that fight is a little bit of a struggle for me uh just you know sort of thinking like could this actually happen mm, probably not like you know I, I think by stallone allowing himself to get tooled by mason dixon uh, for real it kind of you kind of have to just like be okay with that to in order to like to film but the smart thing and, and this is one of the smartest things i think they've ever done is by Tarver breaking his hand or Dixon breaking his hand, it gives you a little bit of like, oh, like that, 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 that's something that would actually happen in reality that that could give someone an edge in, in, in the fight. So I like that part, but you know, I think, I think it's just the, the fact that the, that fight in the end is, is a little bit hard to, to sort of believe, but um, still a lot of stuff is, is, are, is well done um, in that movie. And so Rocky II, the reason I have Rocky II higher is because ultimately it's because of uh, the fight scene. And, and, I, and it's, I'll say this right now. It's my favorite fight scene in all of the films. And I'll get, I want to ask you what yours is after I finish my ranking. But it is my favorite fight scene because it felt the most to me. Now, if you, if you go back to 1979, I obviously didn't watch this when it first came out. I, I, I saw it closer to when Rocky three came out. So, you know, early eighties, but the way that they presented that, that fight, the fight with Stu Nahan and the, the, the other announcer and the super fight. And that was like what boxing was like on TV in the early eighties. So as I'm a kid watching this, I can watch, you know, uh boom, boom, Mancini fight on CBS or on ABC and then I get to watch Rocky II, and I'm like, wow, that looks exactly like how boxing looks on television that I'm watching as a young boxing fan. And the story of that that fight scene, um, you know, we, we've already talked about some of the goofy stuff with Rocky fighting right-handed and all that. Like, the, the, there's some stuff that is, you can kind of uh, pick nits at too. But just as a, I, I can just remember the energy that I got as a child watching that fight scene, and it, it just... It's still there when I watch it today. I kind of it kind of brings me back to being a kid again. Um, and then I have Creed two next. I wouldn't have had Creed two above Rocky two, uh, except just the rewatch that we did and us breaking down the little things that they did to tie those movies together to protect some of the characters. Like when I because I, I've seen this movie now like four, three or four times. I saw I saw it at least twice in the theater, and. By watching it again with you and breaking it down, I did sort of think that, okay, like, th there's, there is really some smart stuff going on here about them tying things in the, the way that they did that I didn't get, you know, maybe the first and the second time. So Creed 2 is number four. Rocky 3, I think, is the uh, either the first or the second most rewatchable of the movies. Like, I can come in at any point in Rocky 3 and just want to watch the whole thing all the way through. And I don't, I don't think there's maybe, uh, the original Creed might, might be the, the only one that is possible where I may watch it the same way. But 
even even though I believe the first Rocky is a better film than Rocky Three, it doesn't have that same rewatchability for me because it's a little slower. And sometimes, it, you know, if I'm if I'm watching a scene where Stallone is talking to the turtles. I'm like, okay, I can come back in 30 minutes and then I'll see, you know, I'll, I'll see the stuff that I want to see. Whereas in Rocky three, if I come in pretty much at any point in that movie, I'm, I'm going to stick with it and try to watch the whole thing. So, uh, so obviously the last three Rocky three, then the original Creed, then the original Rocky. I just think the original Creed is so brilliant and it, you know, it is Michael B. Jordan. It is Ryan Coogler. It is the sort of the birth of uh, a, a superstar tandem, because especially if people didn't see the Oscar Grant movie, uh, Fruitdale uh, Station, Fruit, Fruitdale or Fruitdale Station, uh, if they didn't see that movie, this is sort of like the birth of this twosome who then go on and do Black Panther. Like with that, like this is it's just a special thing that I think as the years go by, uh, we'll get talked about a little more along the way. So that's my ranking. A little bit different from Dewan's, but you know, I think we uh, there there are things that we are both looking for in some of these films. But again, like it's like it's so close. Like all of these, like you know, from from Rocky Balboa all the way up to Rocky. Like you could rearrange those movies for me on a, on on a certain day, and I may feel differently about about the order. So. Okay, so I answered my favorite fight. What is your favorite fight scene of the entire franchise? For me, it is the original. Um, you know, and what I liked about this is just like, mo- for most films, just by their nature, like they're predictable. Um, you know, we have certain stories that, you know, always play out in film and uh, we like them and that's, that's, that, 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 that's why they work. And, you know, the, the, the trick to keeping them dramatic is just creating, you know, a very small doubt in your mind of what the direction is. And, you know, this one is so much more than that. Like, they move the goalposts on you so frequently throughout this film, throughout this film, you know, with, like, or throughout this fight, you know, you, you kind of go into it thinking, like, expecting, like, okay, Rocky's going to take a beating and... You know, he's going to persevere and, you know, maybe get a moral victory in the end. But then, like, that's when he puts Creed over right at the start of the fight. That's all turned on its head. And, you know, then, you know, reality starts to set in. Apollo takes takes over, um, you know, starts to dominate. And you're seeing if Rocky can hang in there. And then you have kind of the climactic finish where they're where they're both pretty much out and just like you know it's a case of who can get over the the the, the finish line and you, you like you know when it ends you don't really know is this is this going to be you know rocky's the storybook ending and they don't they end up not giving you the storybook ending but they give you the ending that rocky wanted like the ending he wanted was just to go the distance and show that he belonged and you know i just thought felt that was like so creative and you know kept you kept you on the edge of your seat like that's all like i and just the whole the way they structured the fight as well it's just like it's not like anything anything we'd seen in a boxing film before that um and you know it was the formula they would they would you they would replicate again and again throughout the series to, 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 to great success so to me it, it like you know this is like this was the most uh, impressive 
um, fight scene tra- throughout the film. And, you know, it also, I feel like it's something that it's very grounded. Like, every year I feel like we see something like this play out in boxing where you have a champion who overlooks a, a challenger and, um, you know, the cha- like the champion's lo- there looking at it as it's like, you know, another day at the office and the challenger's looking at it like it's, you know, his, his the only chance he's ever going to get. You know, he comes out, c- comes out hell for leather and, you know, puts it on the champion and... You know, maybe you get a bit of a shock for he he, he, he a bit of a shock in those first couple of rounds. He he he, t- he does a lot better than a lot of people t- think. You know, then you see the champion take back over as his class begins to tell. But like you know, then d- down the str- stretch when you know the underdog sees the finish line, I- I- I finish line. He you know he gets another another push for, for, to, to 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 try take the titles. You know, that's what I think we got in this. I think that's something you know that no matter how many times like it champion is told you know not to take his eye off the ball it's something that you see play out again and again it's how uh, you know the million to one becomes an even mo- even money in a, in a fight and you know i just thought they captured that feeling perfectly in this movie okay you know what i'm gonna say about that 15th round though it was like 75 seconds rocky <laughs> deserved some more time to to, to knock out Apollo, but that, that, I mean that's just an, another just picking nits again. Um, no, it's it's great. It's fan, It's a fantastic fight scene for sure. Um, okay, so I mean I can, I think we're kind of at the end of this, and I'm a little sad, but I wanted to ask you because you know we we are possibly not done with with the the franchise. There is a possibility. Of a Creed three, it is. I know it's signed off. I know that there's a director. I know that there's a, a script writer. Uh, I know Michael B. Jordan has been mentioned possibly uh, uh, as being good with it. The pandemic may have possibly slowed things down. I'm actually, I'm sure it did. But there's also been talk of Rocky wanting to do or Stallone wanting to do other things with the franchise, whether it's a TV show or whether it's this new idea of a movie dealing with immigration. But ultimately, do you think that we get more in in new movies, not in Stallone kind of redoing stuff and giving us more? Because I'm totally fine with that, too. I would love to see if there are, you know, extra cuts of, of different movies or or behind the scenes or bloopers or anything. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I would I would eat it all up. But do you think we get anything new to the franchise if you were to predict I think we probably do. And as I said in the intro, it's just what avenue it goes there. And is it TV? Is it film? Uh, like, I think there's like probably five different ways this could go. Like, you could have Creed 3, like that. And then, like, the question is, is it with or without Rocky? Is it, you know, it's kind of hard to know where, where does Donnie's story go? Um, you know, does Rocky just have a cameo role, or does he, or does he actually uh, have like a feature role in the film? Um, there's the option you, we talked about last time about possibly doing a prequel, and you know, uh, playing an early part of Rocky's life. Now, where I find that one difficult is just because, like, Stallone is Rocky. I feel like somebody stepping into a young Rocky role is destined to fail. Like, I think to do it, you have to make it a very young Rocky role where he's maybe, he's 18, 19, 20, where, like, he's a completely different person than he is 
where, when we meet him like at 30 years old in Rocky 1 because I think otherwise you, what you get is somebody trying to play Stallone playing Rocky mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. would be horrible like so it, it, it's, it's very that's a very difficult one to balance I think that's actually kind of the, the hard would be the hardest one to do I don't think it's impossible but I think you know you almost have to do it as it like it's like you know you write it as like it's an 18 year old fighter and it's an entirely different person at that, that stage in his life and everything about him is different I think like and even in that you kind of have you know some complexity in like how does somebody step into the role of Mickey you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Th- th- things like that like there is cool things you could do you could look at like you know Rocky as a prospect and you know talk about some of the bad luck he ha- like he talks about himself in in Rocky 1 you know you, you can see some of that play out you know that maybe that like he's not looked after as a prospect maybe he gets some bad decisions maybe you know he's put in hard matches because he's a soapball things like that and you kind of learn how he became to become what he did but I think it's a very difficult one to play just because as I said Stallone is so known as that character and I feel like if you try do a mimic version of that like we've had the best version of that character we don't need a knockoff of it so after we had talked uh, about the the Drago saga I really got interested in something about them whether it is Ivan or whether it is Victor just that like cuz you know how they how they ended the Creed 2 with with both of the 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 fathers and sons together there is something about that that I like now I don't think you could actually make it a uh, a motion picture because I don't think the audience is going to be there for just the Dragos but as a as like a you know a 7 or 8 part TV series on Netflix, I would totally be into that. Now, you know, who knows if Dolph Lundgren is really interested in that. But if you have Stallone attached to it, he could make a cameo in it, right? Like he 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 has that power to just by him being in something or being attached to something could help it get made. So I would be really interested in that in in sort of expounding on the franchise in a way that uh, they haven't done it before the other one now this is a little this is a little bit of a weird one because i don't know what people think about mr t in general today but we never got the clubber lang series what ha- what happened to him after he lost to rocky like he was he was still young in his career so you know, it, it it was just weird that you never never heard anything about him again, and they've tried to pull him back. Like I know Stallone said that in Rocky Balboa, he wanted to bring him back to be like a negative announcer on the Rocky character. And you know, I maybe it maybe it's Mr. T, maybe it's the son of Mr. T or something. I don't like I like we mentioned. I don't like that idea for Creed Three. I don't like the son of Clubber Lang because you're just redoing stuff. But I would I would be in on. Uh, uh, an eight-part Netflix series on, you know, Clubber Lang, the character, and then having cameos of of guys who who have been in the series, you know, whatever. But I'm into those two stories. I think they'll make a Creed 3. I think it'll be Michael B. Jordan carrying it from a star power perspective. I think Stallone will do a small thing in it. But I just don't know. Like, I don't buy... It would have to be something new, and uh, you know we talked about that on the last show too. But I, I do think there will be, and 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 if there is, 
then uh, we'll have to do one more episode of this of this uh, podcast and, and and keep it going a little bit. Um, yeah, I think like yeah, the, those were kind of the third and fourth ideas that I had. One of them was like the Drago thing, and you know, I feel like that could either be a prequel or a sequel. Like you could have. You know where does where, where where does Victor go now after this fight with losing this funny fight to Donnie and rebuilding himself with his dad in his corner, or you could tell the story of what led to Creed uh, Creed Two, and um, you know about him be about them being exiled in the Ukraine and you know uh, Victor coming up as a young boxer, and yeah, the other one that like it was obviously as as you said you mentioned I didn't think specifically of Clubber, but is you know another, uh, spinning the series off in another direction and you know taking another another character from 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 the rocky continuity and you know making it a new series out of it and i suppose another thing that i thought in that regard would be maybe you could do something either with rocky or with the other one i thought was little juke is where you could do kind of a trainer series where Mm -hmm. you know maybe it could be about mix or it could be about about little jukes that's interesting yeah where he he has like a number of prospects and like whichever one you're focusing on has a number of prospects and they're bringing along and then maybe you could see what like what what, like this would be a tv series obviously uh you'd see which ones that like people that resonate with people and then maybe you could like if that worked you could build it out into being a full film about one of those characters with like you know either rocky or juke as the as the trainer i, I want to see an episode of uh freddie roach coming into the into the gym and going hey man i got this prospect like i he and i just are not seeing eye to eye but i think he'd be perfect for your gym and then like you see like you know real real trainers come through or or real, real boxers come through that would be really interesting we need stuff like that because, you know, in uh, just in TV, there's, you know, boxing does really well with film. You know, there's there's been boxing films up and down, but I feel like there's 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 stories to be told in TV as well using boxing as one of the you know one of the driving forces to to the story. I would love to see something like that, though. I think I think I think there's ways to do it, but maybe because it's tied to the Rocky franchise that, you know, people are a little bit scared to do things without Stallone attached, but I'm interested. I would, I, cause there's so much ability to do stuff today with, with TV, uh, so many different shows, so many different streaming services. I would love to see somebody give them a shot to do something. And I suppose the last thing, the last idea would be to like to introduce another new character and start the story again. And I'm not really sure how you would do that. Um, do you have to wait till, Donnie's older and you know put him into the Rocky role the Rocky role or the Vic role where he's like you know he's the mentor like Darren in our group mentioned an idea about you know maybe like you know they do something like that with with Donnie's daughter becomes a boxer when she grows up you know Mm -hmm. I think you have to wait a while to do that or maybe you could speed up the storytelling a little bit in real in real life you know you could you know move before 10 years in a couple of years or whatever but you know I think there's that could be something interesting as well but like I just feel like you know we're at a position now where everything has been so good and with these last three movies and they've wrapped everything up so neatly if you're gonna go back to it i feel like it needs to be great whatever you're gonna do needs to be great it needs to be something that you know they've thought out and they believe is worth adding to the series and it's gonna give it more legs um, and more depth to move on further Uh, like as opposed to 
you know, just a kind of a thought like maybe Deontay Wilder can be uh, Clover Lang's son. And <laughs> yeah, maybe, that's lazy. You know, that's m- really maybe lazy. There, maybe there's still some money in this franchise that we can we, we can milk, you know. So, I, I, like, if they do, like, I'm happy with, if they leave it as it is now. But if they, if they do go back to it, it has to be something great. All right, do you have any parting thoughts as we shut this down in the epilogue episode? Uh, no, I think, I think that's everything. You know, it, it, it just, I guess, I, two things to say is like, thanks to everybody who's stuck with us through this and, you know, left their feedback and, you know, told us their thoughts on the movies. It's been really cool. And it's fed the last, I guess, like, 18 hours or so so with us and also a big thank you to justin who made such a great effort with with the music you know he put like a lot of work into getting the right 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 team song for us so uh, thanks to him as well yeah so i i I mean i want to thank you because uh we had talked about possibly doing something else after the fan uh the the fabulous four and I didn't really know what that was going to be until it just hit me that this was going to be perfect. And, you know, it, this was a lot of work and effort, uh, not just from me, but also from you. And you did just as much research. You had to watch all the movies. Uh, you had to do everything I had to do. So I really appreciate you doing this. And I know it was a, a long part of your, uh, you know, your summer. But I think, you know, these shows were really strong, at least from the feedback that we got. We, I think we learned a lot of things from doing the, the uh, Fabulous Four as well, that we didn't repeat mistakes that we may have made before. And this thing just turned, just turned out great. And I think one thing that is underappreciated by the listeners, because they just don't know, which is when you do a project with somebody, you create uh, a connection and that chemistry. And so that was really fun to do again, because, you know, you and I have done that in the past. And, and, you know, we have been a little bit more in communication in the past through stuff. But now, you know, we're both so busy that it it was a little bit hard to do that. So coming together on this project enabled me to kind of hang out with you again, which was a a lot of fun. And so that that's something that I that I, I really enjoyed. And at some point, you know, down the line, we'll, we'll have to do something together again. Yeah, hopefully uh, we can, can do that. And, you know, there probably will be, you know, a, a bonus episode here and, here and there of this, whether it's, you know, Creed 3 or whether it's the uh, anniversary cut of Rocky 4. Yeah, we, maybe we can do something around that. Um, okay, so I uh, just want to say, just like Duan said to the listeners, thanks to everybody for listening to our little uh, mini-series here. And I will be back with Chris DiPatrio for The Karate Kid. We're going to try and do that. We're going to try to time it uh, uh, around the third season of Cobra Kai, which comes out in 2021. And, uh, you know, we're going to do the first three films of The Karate Kid. I don't really count the next Karate Kid. I don't count the Jaden Smith, Jackie Chan Karate Kid. So we'll do the first three and we'll do the three seasons of Cobra Kai and time it to when the third season comes out on Netflix. So that, that'll be my next project. But uh, I do need a break because Duan and I uh, did a lot of work on this one. It was it was so much, so much fun, but it was it was time consuming. And, and, and I hope that showed the, you know, in the series that you know, we, 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 we were pretty particular in what we wanted to do here. So, again, thanks to doing for the last time on the Rocky Podcast, at least, unless there are bonus episodes. I'm Double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. 
All right, I hope you enjoyed the epilogue episode of the Rocky Podcast. I hope it wasn't too sad there at the end with uh, Dune and I being, you know, a little a little bit uh, sad that the show is is officially over. The podcast series, our summer series, is officially over. But let's not forget about Bet Online. It is playoff season. The NBA and the NHL are playing for the gold, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Get in on all of the action, including a new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into fall, and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures, and props. So take advantage of the return to sports. And remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day and all night. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.